All right. She's texting me at like four after wondering why the phone hasn't rang yet. Are you new to the station? Do you realize the clocks that we have? <laughs> you know, I think Rusty went over on his newscast. Um, he, oh. he took up too much time and he cut into my time. Wow. I have a certain amount of things that I want to discuss. Uh, I have a schedule and a time because you all don't give me a whole hour. I only get 30 minutes. And so I need my time to address the issues that are important to me. Like, why the hell was I not invited to the company Christmas party? How did I find out about the WCCO Christmas party on Facebook when Roxanne Battle tagged me and said, why weren't you in the picture? So, Adam, when you showed up at the WCCO Christmas party and you didn't see me, did you not think oh to call me? Yeah, we need to talk about this. We need to oh have a this family is... discussion about why I did not know anything about the WCCO radio Christmas party. This mm-hmm. is we got to mm-hmm. get to the. This is serious. I did this not realize. Oh, this is serious business. So when you, when you did realize it, when you got there and didn't see me, you didn't text and say, "Hey, Shaletta, where are you? Are you coming to the party?" Or pick up the phone and say, "Hey, Shaletta, did the kids eat you? Are you still alive? Did Sean bury you out underneath the trampoline because he got tired of all your BS?" No, you went and partied with the rest of my coworkers, and nobody picked up the phone to check to see if I was coming, needed a ride, should they send an Uber car service, bicycle, messenger, pigeon, somebody to get me to the station. Y'all just party without me. I want to figure out what the hell is going on. Do you have com- you have company email, right? I mean, I think they notified us via email. I don't think it was a deliberate attempt to block keep really? out of the party. I, 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 did, I, did, I did not see that. Was it an all email, like a whole staff, or was the individual names on that? Uh, because I didn't see myself. I didn't get it. It went to white, whites only. <laughs> I peed on myself. <laughs> Baby, uh, you have yeah, to have only two syllables or less in your name to get invited to this company Christmas party. Add dumb. It's a, Susie, yeah. Laura. So if you have four or more syllables, you were not you're invited. You're to the co- it's too many consonants in your name, girl. We can't keep doing all this type. Shaletta Brundage. No. The, the name, no cards, name cards are very small. It doesn't fit on one name card. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I first got into the business, my first news director tried to get me to change my name to Shelly. She said nobody would ever be able to pronounce Shaletta in this too long. <laughs> what? I promise. I brought Shelly Smith. My maiden name is Smith. And she wanted, I was like, I can't be a Shelly. I, no. I can't pass no. for a Shelly. You're not and a Nobody Shelley. would ever even consider me a Shelly. No. I, this is not going to work. That's this ridiculous. is not going to work. Yeah. Well, uh, but she was, she was one of those news directors who she, she did that to a lot of people. She tried to get the weather guy to change his name. Uh, the sports guy, his name was Dan Bubany. I remember that. And she wanted to change his name. And, and one of the, the veteran uh, anchors in the newsroom was like, listen, you got to stop doing this because once you have a name in this business, you can't That's change it. it. Yeah, but it this sticks woman, with you. She was everybody who came in there. She tried this. This one guy, I remember a reporter, his name was Graham Winch. She didn't like the the way the name Winch sounds, so she wanted to change it. I was like, what is going on with this chick? Why is she trying to change everybody's name? That was just the craziest boss I ever, no, not, well, she was one of the craziest bosses. One of them, yeah. That I had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we started out the show today because it's it's Festivus, you know, that made-up Seinfeld holiday where you air your grievances. And, uh, oh, 
Well, I, 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 I'm done. Yeah. Can you check me off the list? I'm well, good so, now. Somebody, I'm somebody, good. somebody yeah. texted in and said, for Shaletta, every day is Festivus. She's airing grievances every day. <laughs> That's the truth. Very true. Very true. So, I, I wrote people. Some people have uh, have their emotions on their sleeves. I have my grievances on my sleeve. I, I, I lead with grievances. So I don't know. Well, <laughs> last hour we talked about this woman in England who is charged. She charges her family members for Christmas dinner, and they have to pay <laughs> by December first. They have to pay by December first, otherwise they can't come. Would you? And I, you know, I I, I can see you doing this. You know, no, because I'm mean, but I'm generous. Yeah. So That's I'm true. very, I'm very mean, but I'm generous. So I wouldn't do that. Um, but I, I almost, I, I, I don't want to say I understand where she's coming from, but listen, um, you know, and you, you got a lot of people that dine and dash, you yes. know, they're supposed to be a potluck and they come with no pot. And, you know, I, I don't know what pushed this woman to the brink, but it sounds like she's fed the hell up with family members yeah. who eat and run. Um, and, and so, I, you know, I'm not saying I understand it, but I can see where she's coming from because, you know, we all have those family members. They're takers. And this is the time of year where they're taking goals into overdrive. Freeloaders. Um, you know, yes. Okay. I didn't want to call. I didn't want to, I didn't want to call them, but that's what I was thinking in my head. In my head, it was, it's close to Christmas time. So I didn't want to label them, but that's exact. Dr. Verna calls them subtractors. Yeah. Uh, they, they do a lot of taking. And so, you know, we're in Houston right now, um, visiting family. We're on the R Camping World RV. We're at the RV nice. park. It's 19 degrees, and they just shut the whole damn city down. Uh, but anyway, it's, wait a minute, wait 19. A minute. It's 19 in Houston. In Houston. Oh. And I'm telling you, they have shut the whole city down. Ain't nobody going nowhere. It looks like Christmas Day. There's not a car on the street. There's, everybody's closed. Nobody's driving. I was like, dude, y'all, it's okay. It's 19 degrees. You could come outside. Oh, Lord, no. I'm not going outside. It's free. Adam, they're running stories on the news here about how to avoid frostbite. I'm like, it's 19 <laughs> degrees. You just put your hands in your pocket. Damn, what is <laughs> Now, you grew up in Houston, right? I grew up in Houston, and 19 degrees is not something that these people are very familiar with. 91, say, yes. 19, no. Has it ever gotten this cold in your memory in Houston? Um, it 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 has been this cold, and, and it it doesn't last very long. Like you know, they had the big freeze last year, um, sure. where there was a health crisis and that kind of thing. But it, it it was it's not something that happens regularly. So so nineteen is not anything that they are familiar with. They don't know anything about layering or anything like that. Most folk ain't you know just you know because they don't need that kind of stuff right. here because right. it's not that cold, and so. You know, it is just is is different, and so everybody is just standing inside. They're like, check on your old people. I was like, you know what? If the old people don't know to turn their heater on at nineteen degrees, I don't know what to tell grandma. Okay, I, I don't know what to tell. Survival them. of the fittest. <laughs> <laughs> very, very considerate of you, grandma's. If you are eighty one years old and you don't know how to turn the heat on, damn it, grandma, it just must it was, be your time. It was a okay? good run, grandma. It was a good run. <laughs> right. And he's on the main line. <laughs> well, it's three be- it's three below here. The wind chill is about thirty below zero right now. I heard. I heard. And and you know, I uh we actually were some of those people 
who left early because of the snowstorm. Yes. We were trying to beat the storm. Yep. We felt like we won. We're going to a chicken dinner because we were supposed to leave the Twin Cities like Thursday morning, get here Saturday. We're having a holiday party um, here with our family. And we looked at the weather and we were like, we got to get out of that. So we yes. snatched the kids out of school, threw them in the RV, and we just started riding and riding as, as, and getting out as quickly as we could. And, um, you know, we, we really did beat the storm because that whole system was moving into our route, yeah. our entire route. So it wasn't just getting out of Minnesota. We no. had to get out of Minnesota and Iowa and, and Missouri and Kansas and Oklahoma before it iced there. And, you know, so it was just, we, we just, you know, tried to be safe with our family. But it was so many people that we talked to who were like, oh, yeah, I'll leave tomorrow. It's no big deal. We were like, y'all better, you know, it, it was like we were the only ones who had a sense of urgency. Nobody else was ready to leave. And so finally, you know, people started leaving, trying to leave Thursday, and they were stuck. Yeah. Good for you getting out early. Some t- a text are wondering if it's so cold in Houston that t- has Ted Cruz gone to Mexico yet? Uh, Ted Cruz left for Mexico when the 10-day forecast came out. Yeah. Okay, I think I... <laughs> This time, uh, so they wouldn't see him on the airplane. Right. He went ahead and took his Ford F one fifty with his "Let's Go Brandon" flag on the front, and he <laughs> drove down. He didn't want anybody. He laid down in the back seat of the F one fifty, so nobody sees him. Yeah, he go. he went on and got out of town. All right, hang on. Can you hang on for another segment here, Shaletta? Sure, sure. I, 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 now you obviously have a massive uh, imprint on social media, but I've got to bring up something uh, about a little poll I did, and it got recognized mm. by a, mm. by a, a musical group, and I'm giddy. Yeah. So I can't wait I to tell can't you. Can't wait to hear it. Yes. That's, that's next. Uh, more with Shaletta Feisty Friday on WCCO. Elvira. <laughs> Sing along, everybody. Bringing Shaletta Brundage back uh, on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. It's Feisty Friday. That's my Friday. favorite song. That's my favorite song. I, I live. Yeah, that's my favorite song. What, what is it again? Name the group. <laughs> It's either Alabama. Nope. George Strait. Nope. <sighs> it's the Oak Ridge Boys. The Oak Ridge Boys. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So yes. I last night, uh, just for uh, bleeps and giggles, <laughs> this is what I love about Twitter: the the poll function on Twitter, where you could post a poll. Yes. So I, I posted a poll last night. Which song? <laughs> By the Oak Ridge Boys is the best Oak Ridge Boys song. Elvira is one of them. Uh, the Y'all Come Back Saloon or Bobby mm. Sue. Uh, and the Oak Ridge Boys retweeted my poll. <gasps> you got to be kidding me. And I'm, like, I'm in heaven today because the Oak Ridge Boys <laughs> retweeted my Oak Ridge Boys poll. So that, oh, my God. I, That's the, that, I love that. I love that. That's what's. I love that. Twitter has a lot of negative uh, parts to it, but moments like this uh, show me that this yeah. is a, still a fun, fun thing. Yeah. By the way, that, Elv- that's that's uh, that's classic Shaletta right there to get the person that you're talking about that's to right. retweet your tweet. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I've trained you. Good job, Grasshopper. Good job. Give him some applause, somebody. Good job, Grasshopper. Okay. Yeah, you've now. Had, you- you nah. Mich- you've had Michelle Obama like retweet yourself. I get the yeah. Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Hey, you better maximize the Oak Ridge Boys. Now, if you were really like me, did you like them and send them a direct message and get them on the show? See, you didn't really oh. maximize your tweet. See, you, didn't, you got too excited about just the retweet. I'm going to need you to, to go the next step further and yeah. go and 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 um, and like their page and, and follow them and then send them a direct message to come on your show. Book See, the Oak Ridge Boys, but there's I think there's four of them. So I mean, it's tough to negotiate all the microphones. I just want the guy well, with the deep voice. Yeah, yeah you they got the one guy with the deep one. voice. Yeah, there's yeah. the only one you want to talk to. That's right. it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna need you to take it a step further. See, I, I gave you the introductory. That was the free class. This one, this one, I charge for, where I show you how to actually, you know, uh, uh, not stalk the person, mm-hmm. but just get their attention. Yeah, See, now they're looking at you. They, they, they retweeted your tweet. So the next thing is to follow them and then invite them on your show. Did you, you remember what happened when I stalked the wrong Carlos Correa? Do you remember the story? <laughs> yeah, of course I do. Uh, by the way, uh, maybe considering Carlos Correa's physical. Problems. The other Carlos Correa may have a better shot of playing in the major leagues next year. Than Hello, Hello. Our, our used to be Carlos Correa. Our, he don't belong to us anymore. He doesn't belong to us anymore. No. He belongs to someone else. But yeah, I I, uh, who, I thought but... I was tagging Carlos Correa, and it was some other dude with a podcast named Carlos Correa. And then when he followed me back, and I DM'd him, I was like, "Hey, you want to come over to my house or something to eat?" And he was like, "What you cooking?" I was like, "Tater tot, hot dish, and barbecue." He was like, "I'm there," and so I was giving this dude all my information. And then Vanita Sarkar was like, "Sure." Letter. That's the wrong Carlos Correa. I'm like, girl, you gotta be kidding me. And I look back and the dude is like, oh wow, I thought we had made a connection. <laughs> Did he show up at your house? <laughs> no, but he showed up on the show. And I told him the same thing I'm telling you. I was like, dude, if my name was Carlos Correa right now, I'd be a millionaire. I'd be at every game. I have a Carlos Correa booth banner. I have one of those uh, helicopters with the with the thing flying with my name and face on it. I would already have trademarked the other Carlos Correa, like right. the other white me. I said, boy, you are missing out on all the money. You are, you are missing out on all the coins. What is going on? You got one podcast, and you are not maximizing the fact that your name. I would be living in every city Carlos Correa lived in. I'd be wearing the jersey. I'd be taking yeah. pictures with him. I'd be in a locker room. I, I'd have a Campbell's Chucky Soup commercial by yeah. now if my name was Carlos Correa. I don't doubt that at all. Uh, <laughs> so uh, how's, uh, how are you going to be spending Christmas? Everybody excited uh, at the Brundage House? Uh, the kids are with the grandparents. Okay, okay. this is the thing that, um, that I know that you enjoy having, Miss Cheryl. But, yep. you know, when you're young and you don't have kids, you think, I'm going to move away from my parents, go as far away as possible. I'm going to be an adult. I'm going to start my own life and do my own thing. So I moved from Texas to Mena freaking Soda, <laughs> love it in the Twin Cities, nothing to complain about. But once I start having kids, I realize, man, you know, I, I wish my mom was here. You know, so, when my kids yeah, make those milestones, right. like the Cheryl's at the games, yep. and, you know, the kids are close to her and they can go to her house. And, and when your kids are there, you and, you you know, their, their mom, y'all don't have nothing to worry about because y'all don't know if, if they're with Miss Cheryl, they're good. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Safety you don't have, net. you don't Safety wonder net. if the right, if the babysitter's, you know, 100% and if the referral is good. And so Sean and I never have that because, my mom and no zero family members are around in Minnesota. And so we come down here, Adam. I haven't seen my kid in two kids in two days, man. 
Awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, they with my mom and my dad. You know, uh, uh, mom's cooking and and she's she's playing with them and, and combing Cameron's hair. My dad is hanging out with the boys and you know and and I tried to go over there and they were like, Mom, what are you doing? Get away. We're with our grandparents. And so like Sean is in the back of the RV sleeping and and I'm in here talking to you and I have no intention of seeing my kids till Christmas. In fact, I told me to call, I told him to call me Miss Shaletta. And so you know I, I just think that you know we take for granted when we are in a city where we have family and loved ones and yes. friends. Um, and, and so for this Christmas, I'm just especially grateful that we get an opportunity to um, spend time with my parents um, and the kids have some grandparent time. I so I, I just I just don't ever want you to take that for granted, honey, that you can just leave those kids with Miss Cheryl and she's going to love on them and feed them and yeah. spoil them rotten. And yeah. you're not going to have anything to worry about. It, it's just, you know, Chris Tubbs, the same as his grandparents or, you know, mom and dad. You know, it's just it's a blessing when you have that family and extended family, especially when you got little ones. Well, my mom's excited, too, because my oldest is driving age now. She's 16. So my mom, my mom can, Cheryl can go hit the Cheryl can go hit the bars again, and uh, Morgan will be your designated driver. <laughs> okay, Adam, are your nerves bad? Because anytime oh, Andrew yeah. starts to drive, and Adam, oh my God, oh, yeah. Adam, it's it's, <sighs> it's a it's a fifty part fifty percent of me says I can't wait because then it's no more chauffeur dad, but fifty percent right, of me fifty percent right. of me is terrified, especially when the roads get like they are. Um, quickly yeah. here, uh, you got to call in if you're around in an hour. I booked, I should, me, Chris booked, wait for it, Santa Claus is coming on the show in an hour, but not to, but what we, he agreed to take calls from adults who didn't get what they want when they were kids, and Santa's going to explain why. So if you missed okay. out on a okay. gift, I'm, I'm going to, okay, you yeah, have a, yeah, you, yeah, you have yeah. a chance to call yeah. and confront Santa about why you didn't okay. get a gift. Okay, it's about to get real confrontational. Yes. It's about to yes. get feistier on Friday because there's a couple of things Santa left off the list as a little girl that I didn't get, and I need to know what the hell happened. Yes. I need to know. what. Yeah, okay. Yep. What time yep. is this? Is it one hour, 60 one hour. minutes? I need to set a – okay, I'm setting a timer right now. Yep. Okay, do I need to Do I need to uh, say my name? Is he going to know who I am? I, you know, I want to – is is he doing – what is he? I'm sure he's going to know who you are. Uh, it's Santa okay. Claus. He's okay. all knowing. He's all seen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll be. Yeah. To the, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. We got some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Hey, Santa, uh, Merry Christmas. I don't get to talk to you a lot on the air, but I, I appreciate know. it. Thank you for all you do at this station and all you do for, for your causes and, and the books and the kids with autism. You are just a saint oh. on earth. And I hope uh, you enjoy your time with your family and Merry Christmas to you and your whole family. You too, and your family, and extended family, and Chris Tubbs and his extended family. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we have a station New Year's Eve party, uh, somebody <laughs> might send me a smoke send signal or something. Who knows? Who knows? I apologize. <laughs> I should have texted you. <laughs> you damn right. You should have. It was a little too should, quiet. A little too quiet. There, we should have. Hey, that was yeah. so. That was so. That was, that was such a relaxing party. Everybody looked so relaxed. Mm-mm, not going to be so much like that for New Year's no. Eve. There she goes, Shaletta Brundage, uh, Feisty Fridays. Maybe she'll call back in an hour when Santa Claus uh, is on. That's right. I just spilled the beans. Santa Claus, an hour from now, joining us. And I want adults now who didn't get something when they were a kid to confront Santa about it, ask why they didn't get the gift they wanted. Santa has agreed to take those calls. Uh, up next, a report just released today about the state of our kids in Minnesota and its mixed results and you might not be surprised about the mental health aspect of that. We've got a guest from the Minnesota Department of Health on that survey next. 
Adam and for Chad on this uh, Friday, December 23rd. Uh, not surprisingly, the headlines stress anxiety worsen among Minnesota's public school students. That the results of a survey just released today. And joining us now on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline is Sherilyn Helgertz. She is a Minnesota Department of Health senior researcher who works on this student survey. Sherilyn, thank you so much for joining us. First of all, for people who might not be familiar, tell us about this student survey, about how often it's done, who it's given to, and the, the responses you, you look to when you when you give this survey. Sure. Hi, Adam. Thanks for having me. Sure. Yeah, the student survey is, is amazing, actually. Minnesota was the, one of the first states to do such a, a large-scale survey on youth, uh, youth development and, and behavior, and we've been doing this since 1989, and it's about every three years we go to every place that students are getting educated and invite 5th, 8th, ninth, and 11th grade students to participate. And we've gotten amazing participation from the schools, anywhere from 99% of districts participating down to 70% in 2022. So it's a... And the you, survey... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, it's just a, you get a large representation there, so you get a lot of compliance. So yes. this is based on a lots of responses. Yes. Yeah. In 2022, we got 135,000 students participating. So the results, I, I, I imagine that the people who go over these numbers were probably waiting with bated breath for this specific uh, survey because of the last three years, obviously so out of the ordinary. What jumps out at you when you look at these numbers, specifically when it relates to students' mental health and anxiety? Yeah, that was worse than we expected, honestly. Um, we Mental health has been deteriorating among our youth for the last few survey administrations, I'd say going back at least two. Um, and so we expected that trend to continue, especially following a pandemic that disrupted everybody's lives for two years. And uh, but what we saw um, among our youth was deteriorations across uh, students in all grades and both genders, but particularly so for our girls. Um, girls have, uh, have historically had poor mental health, as reported on the survey, and that trend not only continued, it worsened um, in 2022, and that was striking. There's, they were large percentage point increases, not just a, an uptick of one or two percentage points. So that was very alarming. And also, we were seeing an increase in suicidal thoughts and attempts in 2022. Already too high to begin with, and far worse than we want to see in 2022. So you said that those numbers had already be drop, had been dropping since before the mm -hmm. pandemic. Do we know why that is? Um, not exactly. I mean, we know that mental health is the result of a lot of factors. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, things like childhood trauma, adverse childhood experiences, which we also measure, measure on the survey, lack of housing, financial instability. All of these can really lead to toxic stress. In addition, there's stress in, in academics, there's social media, social isolation, as that certainly worsened with the pandemic. And also kids, they lost like two years of yeah. normal social development and normal activities like going to prom and all those things that, you know, are developmentally important and are sources of, of great joy that we look back to um, fondly as an adult. And they didn't get to do that. So I think that effect is going to carry with these kiddos unless we intervene. We're talking to Sherilyn Helgertz, uh, senior researcher for the Minnesota Department of Health, about this Minnesota student survey. That's what I was going to ask you about, because it's one thing to be have that effect when the pandemic is hap happening, and we hope that our kids are resilient. But these these figures also show that the, these the, the anxiety and the stress is still lingering as we even come out of the pandemic. 
Yes, but we talk about resilience, though. This was also equally surprising is that I expected with the deterioration of mental health, that engagement in risky behaviors, which tends to go with poor mental health, like substance use and sexual behavior, those didn't go up. Hmm. Um, in fact, they went down in, in many cases. So as the vaping figures show, those went down considerably from 2019. Specifically among 11th graders, it was 26% had vaped in the past 30 days at the time of the survey. In 2022, that dropped to only 14%. That's a huge decline in just three years um, for something like an addictive substance, right? Um, yeah. Still way too high. <laughs> We've got a lot of work to do. Um, but, but the story is that kids, despite how they are struggling, are not turning to the kinds of risky behaviors that will further be destructive. So I'm, I'm really impressed with this generation of kids. For how much that they have been through, they're not turning to those behaviors. So that's something to really applaud and be grateful for. Uh, but there's still more to be done for these guys. Oh, Adam, I can't hear you if you're speaking. No, I think we may have, uh, we may have lost uh, Adam Carter here, uh, oh. Carolyn. But l- let me ask you this kind of to, to piggyback off of that. How do we – how can we help – give the resources to these kids and, you know, help them maybe fight their way out of some of these negative feelings or some of the stress that, uh, that they're dealing with right now? Yeah, I think the answer is we're going to have to like pull out all the stops. I mean, I think we've relied heavily on our schools to try and fill in the gaps, um, but that's just not going to be enough. We've been doing relying on schools for a number of years, but we're continuing to see this deterioration. Instead, I think we need to focus on helping Minnesota's kids both in and outside of schools by strengthening the ability of families and communities to give our children the connections, the supports, and the stable environments and opportunities that they need for a sense of well-being about their lives currently and also in the future. And so that's going to take a multi-pronged approach um, to address all of that. And it's, so it's bigger than just their school environment. It's bigger than just the home environment. It's all of that. So we're going to have to commit to making a difference on the very things that are making kids feel hopeless. Um, and we, so we need to actually talk to them and find out what is it? What is it that is making you feel so hopeless about your future? And then we have, as adults, have to commit to making difference. And not just words. Kids are smart enough. Words and promises aren't enough. We have to actually take the steps that are needed to address those things. Cheryl, and I'm back. Sorry about that. I had a little snafu. I got disconnected there for a second. Uh, but I, <laughs> okay. I, I, just, <laughs> I just wanted to, and it was such a good point you were making the, about the silver lining oh. of this is that, the kids aren't turning to those uh, destructive behaviors. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned the intervention when you when we look at these numbers. How do, how are these? How is the survey the information used by not only the health department but the education department into better uh, better monitoring kids' mental health and better addressing it and you know trying to correct problems? Yeah, that's the real beauty of the Minnesota Student Survey. It's it's really unique. I think there might be only other two other states in the U.S. that that collect a census like this. So that gives us the local information that not only gives the information that we need about the schools, you know, in order to, um, I guess, uh, um, put the right resources in the mm-hmm. right places, but it's also fuel to motivate the decision makers in those communities to take action. Because a lot of times it's it's easy for folks when there's so many problems to address to say, well, that's not, that's not our kids. That's, that's a metro problem, or that's yep. a greater Minnesota problem, or whatever. But no, you have the data. 
for your school. These are your kids. This is what's going on with them. Let's do something about it. So that is the tremendous value of the Minnesota Student Survey. And it's unlike most other surveys in that we have that census design. And we put so much resource into it, but it gives us back so much. It's really important for for schools and parents to continue to support the survey because this is where we get comprehensive data on our on our kids and we only do it every, once every three years so it's really important to not miss that opportunity and probably a good reminder now you know on the holiday break with the kids at home a good chance for parents to check in on their kids mental health and just see how they're doing right oh great point absolutely that has been a consistent finding year after year when we do the minnesota student survey we find a correlation between kids feeling like the people the adults in their lives that are important to them care about them they do better regardless of their circumstances. So when you got your kids home this week, hold them close, give them a hug, give them a kiss, let them know that you care about them, ask them good questions, listen without judgment, and just let them talk about what matters to them. And then do something about it. Get involved, get active in your community, make a difference. They'll see that, and that will make a difference for them. Sherilyn, great stuff. Thank you so much. I know it's a holiday weekend, but thank you for taking a few minutes to talk to us on WCCO Radio about this, and I would love to talk to you sometime in the future as we uh, get more of these results in and see the good that uh, not only the health department but the education department are doing uh, when it comes to mental health of our kids. Merry Christmas to you. My thank you. pleasure. Yep. You too. It's Sherilyn Helgert's senior researcher with the Minnesota Department of Health on this Minnesota Student Survey. 651-461-9226. Lots of responses coming in uh, discussing this and checking. You know, such a good point there. Just check in on your kids and make uh, what a difference it makes when they know that you care about them. I mean, it seems like common sense, but just to take a couple minutes to say, you know, proud of you, I love you, and just to check in does does wonders. Uh, more coming up. Adam in for Chad on this uh, snowy, bitterly cold Friday afternoon. Yeah, you know, uh, technical snafus part of the job, especially when I'm working remotely and my uh, internet snapped out for a second. Appreciate Tubbsy stepping in there. Don't well, ever ask questions of my guest again, I, I know. Chris. Next time, just go to commercial. I know, right? I I apologize. Um, no, not at all. But, but did you were just telling me though off the air that you worked with somebody before that <sighs> the same thing happened and they got upset with you because you kept the interview going. That's yeah. It, it's it's oh, kind of funny because like w- when I was working in Houston, I was working with someone, and they were working on a Comrex as well, and I mean. It's it's great, but at times we know sometimes your internet goes out. You know, mm-hmm. things happen. It's just a part of it. And they were in the middle of an interview, and I could tell that nothing was, you know, nothing was there. So I'm texting, and he's like, yeah, I got, recon- I got disconnected after reboot. So me, in the spirit of having the guest on, I continued the conversation until he got back. And mm-hmm. when we got done with the interview – he cursed me up and down, MF or this, you know, CS that. And I was like, what? He's like, don't you ever interview a guest on my show. And I'm like, number one, I'm just trying to keep it going until you came back through. Number two, just relax. Don't be so insecure about what you're doing. So it was – I felt like there. that's such a good topic, Adam, because we are in this – We've you know, we realize that COVID is not done. And – we know that kids have struggled and I think it's very important to get as much information from her as she's being so gracious with her time to try and have as much of yep. a full conversation with her. She was so great. She was absolutely yep. fantastic. Yep. And I'm going to get that interview online here probably in the Perfect. next five to 10 minutes. Yeah, that's, you know, something that's important. It's a, 
I guess we, we shouldn't be surprised by the numbers about the mental health struggles and the anxiety struggles, especially among girls, as she pointed out, which is traditionally uh, the struggle with girls yes. uh, and anxiety. And that, to me, is also the impact of social media uh, on what they see online. Um, and that is something, as the father of two girls, that I am very concerned about and try to be aware of, cognizant of, and trying to check in on my daughters as much as I can to make sure they're fine, um, okay, at least, you know. And that's, but it's tough. It's 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 tough times. Yeah, and it's know? and it's really when you're talking about. Sorry about that, Adam. Um, right. You know, when you're telling your kids, you know, and, and letting them know about social media and how much social media they could consume. Mm-hmm. You need. I, I think that you need to allow them to see the negativity out there. That they, you know, I don't think that you can shield them to the right. point that you make it a safe space yeah. because then you're doing more harm than good. But just to let them know that what they're seeing isn't necessarily a true representation of really what life is all about. Like uh, social media, people show you what they want you to see. That's right. All right, 157, uh, Matthew Collar from Purple Insider. He joins Chad every Friday. He'll join me coming up next as the Vikings set to host uh, the New York football Giants. Um, another Saturday game. So Viking questions, send them right now, 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. What are your questions about the Minnesota Vikings that you would like Matthew Collar to address he obviously covers this team extensively knows a lot about the game knows a lot about the minnesota vikings get your viking questions answered coming up next what time does the parade start uh that's right we'll ask that what time does the uh, super bowl parade start 651-461-9226 vikings talk coming up adam and for chad